welcome back to episode six of That's the Truth. I'm glad to have you back. I am Jay Gallegos, and my goal is to encourage and inspire you to grow. I want to help you get one step closer in your journey and further along in becoming who God has intended you to be. Hey, if this is your first time listening, we drop an episode every two weeks. The top of the month, you can expect a teaching, and the later part of the month, you can expect a guest. It could be a pastor, a leader, a friend of mine, and that is a lot of fun, and a lot of wisdom is shared there. I want to encourage you to go back to listen to episode number five. I had Debbie on, my wife, and I had Jeremy. Uh, they are part of the creative team, and uh, Jeremy's a worship leader at the church, and there was a lot of wisdom shared there, a lot of knowledge. Uh, when it comes to creativity, engaging it and maximizing it, if that's what you're looking for, then episode number five is going to be a lot of value to you there. But today, I am accompanied by Ray Martinez and Sergio Santos. And they are two of my greatest friends, some of the people that I talk to the most, and two of the people that really share a lot of wisdom and pour out into my life. Ray, Sergio, welcome on to That's the Truth. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jay. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure joining you. Man, it's an honor to have you guys on. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules and um, participating and co-hosting with me. But man, Ray... Football season just finished, man. And um, what do we have to look forward to now? Basketball, baseball. <laughs> Why did I know you were going to bring that up? You know how I am. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to have to wait the next year. Fantasy. Yeah, basketball is not really my thing. On fantasy, you know that. But, dude, your team. Man, you know, uh, with the fantasy thing, I um. It, it was a bad season. It was rough. It was rough. We need to pick. I, I wish I could do my picks like you, man. You, you need to. You need to show me in some of the techniques that you that you have in the draft. Yeah, you you have no idea how much time I put into it <laughs> during the season, and I'm number one. And then we go to the playoffs, and I bomb immediately every time. Why is that? So so no. So you don't want to follow my my strategy. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys, know. you guys got a plan put together when it comes to drafting. And it, it seems like yeah. I, it seems like I know what I'm doing at first, but it, it just falls off the radar. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't even know what my record was. I, I definitely had more losses than wins. So I, I stopped checking it after that. <laughs> we'll try it again next year. Sergio, you do any fantasy football, any fantasy sports? Man, um, I, I think I have zero knowledge about that. I'm still waiting on you guys to inform me. We're going to have to pull him in. We're going to have to pull him into the okay. next draft for sure. Get his feet wet. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. good. Ray, you, you spent a lot of time in, in uh, we spent a lot of time together in, in praise and worship um, in the church, playing in your dad's church. You're, you're a pastor's son and you have a lot of experience and, um, that's something that I really admire about you because it's not something that you learned necessarily from uh, a college or university or, or even took classes to learn keyboard and to play at the level that you do. Um, and, and that blows me away every time, but some of the greatest memories that I have at, at a younger stage was with, uh, playing at your dad's church and, um, the, the power of, of the worship that we had, even though it was so simple. Uh, we were not advanced by no means. We did not have the the, the highest of technologies. Uh, we did not have maybe even the highest uh, quality of instruments. But one thing I can tell you and guarantee you that what it was felt, it was the presence of God. 
whenever praise and worship came on. And that, that stuck in, into my mind about the power and significance of worship. And I want to ask you both, and we'll start with Ray, what is the power and the significance of worship for you? What does that mean to you? Well, just, just going back to what you were saying, it's funny you mentioned that and uh, bringing back those memories. And I completely forgot, man, that when my dad started the church at that point, I had no knowledge of playing music or how to play it or anything like that. And I remember my dad just telling me, well, hey, I need you. Um, we need you to play something. And from there, I said, okay, picked up the drums and, you know, hitting things here and there, cymbals, not knowing what I was doing, but um, just just trying to help, right? Uh, but but you're right. It did grow into something something else. And through that, I made I made friends like yourself, Jay. And we, we had a lot of good experiences. Um, and going to your question about, you know, what it means, worship. And I didn't appreciate it at the beginning. It was more of helping out. And, and then it, it went through a stage where like, oh, I just want to learn how to play because it's cool. And, you know, I, things like that. But, man, it, it's grown into something completely different. And today, worship is, is everything. It's, it's everything to me. I, I can't live without it. I need it every day and, you know, just creating music, creating my own songs or, or just singing in the car, just making up words. It's, it's really, it's what's connected me to God, in, in my opinion, for me and my own experience. But it, it's just worship to me means a conversation with God, an experience with God when I have that, yeah. when I'm able to do that. That's good. So if you're anything like me, that's probably something that we share together that in, in the mornings when I was driving to work, I haven't driven to work in nearly two years now, but when I was, <laughs> and here's pretty soon, I'm going to be going back and, you know, driving in the morning, there's something about that, uh, that's, that special, just quietness. Uh, I used to listen yeah. to sports radio a lot. I used to listen to, um, <laughs> yeah. music, but then I, I started to shift my my focus just to the worship music and just really praying in that moment, you know, um, and that's when I've probably felt God's presence the most, and I felt um, the most inspired by God. Uh, some of the the messages that I've been able to share with with the church and with different churches and youth groups and things like that have been born there. So Sergio, praise and worship for you being in that moment. What does that mean? to you? What's the significance of it um, in, in the church setting? So that you guys know a little bit of my background. I mean, I kind of grew yeah. up in a really small uh, church. wasn't too many members. Um, to be quite honest with you, we probably we didn't have many people that were like, good with instruments. Um, of course, we had a couple of youth. Uh, we were surrounded by some youth. And I think in the early stages of life, I think, uh, especially the youth, you know, we get really, we gravitate a lot towards music. And, you know, I kind of, I, I got involved, you know, playing instruments, playing the keys. I never really picked up on it, like, full on. But um, it was definitely, I would say, it was, a, it was something that really held me to church, the music, the worship. Right. Uh, and it's like, as I got older, you know, it took a, a couple of years, but 
there was a certain stage in my life when I kind of started gravitating more towards scripture. Okay. And I think scripture became really important to me. Um, a couple of years moving forward in my life, uh, I really appreciated the knowledge that I gained from the scripture because it helped me understand who I was worshiping. And mm-hmm. I think it amplified the meaning of worship for me, you know? That's um, good. I can't say I just boxed it in and, 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 and just the music playing, but it's just knowing who God was, which is, I, I feel like it helped me uh, really humble my place, you know, just to kind of like um, marvel at God first from my knowledge that I, that I acquired from reading scripture. And then, you know, with a little bit of, you know, talent that maybe I was <laughs> provided, you know, if I can play the keyboard a little bit, sometimes when I do play the keyboard or sometimes when I sing, you know, I can get really emotional. And um, I suppose that's, that's a, I mean, it's a, it's really impactful, you know, for one, feeling emotional and two, feeling, feeling emotional, but having knowledge of why I'm feeling emotional. You know, yeah. It's sitting in a redemptive state, being aware of what God did for me. You know, right. It's just I feel like it, it amplifies, um, you know, that feeling for me. That's huge. The way that you break that down, the not only just the emotion, but why you're being emotional. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's like I've, I've been asked before, why why is it that people cry in the altar? Why do they cry or why do they feel like that? Why do they react that way? And it's just an encounter and a, and a, a, it's something so direct to your heart that triggers your emotion, mm-hmm. that being in the presence of God, because you can have music. In, in a church setting, and it doesn't have to be high-level professional. That's not what mm-hmm. necessarily brings in the presence of God, but you can have music at, at a very simplistic level. I remember in the beginning, in, in, in early um, the early days at, at Ray's Dad's church, where some before we even had a group, and I think it was before, like during the time that Ray was learning how to play, we didn't have anything. We had a, a platform up there with barely getting remodeled, barely getting built and then we had right. um no carpet in the in the building it was just we didn't even have we didn't even have a heater and i remember being in there in the winter and it was <laughs> it was cold it was we were freezing in there and ray's dad was up there man with, with just one guitar it was a box electric guitar acoustic electric and just singing from the heart and that was some of the most powerful worship and you could feel the presence of god so it doesn't necessarily have to be the high level uh, musicians mm-hmm. and the professionalism and which is great, but something about the simplicity and just doing it from the heart that triggers your emotions. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. So the church responds really well when it comes to worship, the church responds and they, they, they sense it as well. And, and like I said, it doesn't have to be at a high level. Um, and it doesn't have to be simplistic. You can, you can improve it. You can get better as you go but something about the worship that is necessary to the church. And this is something that I want to, that I wanted to open up to you guys. You know, some would say that um, it's not necessary. Some would say that it is, it's arguable, but in my opinion, uh, it's, it's, it's special for several reasons. Number one, when you worship, that is what you, that's what you're giving to God. That's the moment where you can be humble. That's the moment where, before God, that's the moment where you can be open, transparent. You open your heart without any judgment of anyone around you. You present to God 
So by the time that the, the sermon or the preaching or the message comes around, that's what you receive from God because that's the word of God, right? That's what we're receiving for our lives. And it's supposed to be inspiring and actionable steps to improve our life and get us closer and, and, and help us become who God has called us to be, right? But with the worship, that's what we give to God. That's what we offer to God, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. So you worship, you offer to God, and the message, that's where you receive from God. So this is something that can be taught. Worship can be taught. It, can, it should be encouraged, and I think it should be cultured. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, I mean, you can see it all the way back to the Old Testament. Um, maybe not in the same exact form, but, you know, the Israelites would come to the tabernacle and sacrifice you know these animals and give these offerings and this was a way to attract um the spirit the spirit of god to fall on this tabernacle and you know of course they did it you know for their sins but at the same time the offering that was given um god god saw this and he reacted to it and and today um worship is a form of that you know we 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 worship in a church or we worship at home or wherever we are and we're essentially allowing god to come into the place and dwell within us within our environment yeah you know and in whatever situation you're going through it, it's an offering to god yeah. you know and and it's a it's a genuine offering it's good so so definitely that makes sense uh, with what you're saying. You know, there's, there's definitely a pattern there. there. There's something powerful in, in any music and music has the power to change your emotions. If you're having a rough day, if you're having just, uh, it, it just started off wrong. It's been a long day. It's been one of those, right? Everybody's had them. You turn on some worship music and it will just change the atmosphere. Absolutely. It will just change the atmosphere. It will just change your attitude. I've I've been stressed out to the max at work and I'll put on some like praise and worship music and I, and, and some contemporary. It can be whatever whatever genres that you like. It doesn't necessarily have to be gospel. It doesn't have to be it can be whatever praises God, right? Whatever wherever in the moment that you can open up your heart that mm-hmm. it 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 really changes your day. It changes your attitude. It changes your emotion. But whenever you want to be vulnerable before God and you're presenting a, a true uh, worship and in honor to God, it can be in your home setting. It can be private. It can be in your car when you're driving. It can be. And that's the beautiful part and the powerful omnipresence of God that it can be anywhere. Yes, there's something special. And I was talking about this with my wife the other day where um, she was she was explaining to me there's just something special about be doing it on your knees, you know, maybe in your bedroom in a private setting. And that's great. I love that. If you can do that, it, that I would encourage that every time, you know, but if, if you have happen to be coming out of work, you're coming out of the gym, you're, you're on your way to a meeting or you're on your way to wherever it is that you're going. And that moment right there, you need God right then and there. You need wisdom for the next step, the next decision you need. Um, some direction for what's about to happen or where you're going into, then you can call unto God right there into worship 
in, or in your worship and it will automatically trigger God's presence right there and then. He's with us everywhere we go. We're accompanied by his angels everywhere we go. And I truly believe that. And, and that's the powerful part of worship and the omnipresence of God. Yeah, you're right. Um, so the, the cool thing about worship is, and, and it's the hardest thing to do, you know, when you're going through a situation, the hardest thing to do is to say, okay, I'm going to worship you at this moment. Of course, if we get to rock bottom and we feel like, man, there's no other way. Yeah. Then it becomes easy because we have nowhere, nowhere to, to turn. So we, we choose God. Right. And, and that's human nature in a way. Uh, it's yep. kind of like the way we're wired, but uh, there's a good example. Uh, I had a coworker who was passing a kidney stone out of all things. Jeez. You know, we were at the job and he comes into the office and he's like, Hey man, I, I think I need to go to the hospital. He's real calm about it. Mm. I was like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, I think I'm passing the kidney stone. And he's like, it's, it's very painful. And you could see it in his face. Jeez. You could see tear, tears in his eyes. And I've heard, you know, I've never had this, but I've heard it. It's one of the worst pains yeah. that you can go through. Yeah, severe. And so, you know, me me knowing that, you know, back in my mind, I'm like, wow, what are you going through right now? Like, okay, we need to we need to go to the hospital. Mm. And, and and catch catch this, Jay. Um, so I had no idea he was Christian. He, he believed in Jesus. I, I didn't know this. And so we get in the car, we're on the way to the hospital and he's in the back seat and he just starts, uh, he kind of starts singing. He, he, you know, it's not much of a singer, but man, he started saying, praise God, what? praise God. Yeah. And, and praise Jesus. In the pain. And he, in the pain. And he was so just, he had such an optimistic and, and joyful attitude. Jeez. It threw me off. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, you know, it, it was, it was shocking. I love and that. It's just, and, and the whole way, the whole way there, even when we got to the hospital and he's sitting there and you know how emergency rooms can be. If you've never been there, you're going to sit there and you're going to wait. There's a ton of people in line and, and man, he was, he just sat there and continued to say, praise God, mm. praise God. And man, I, I took that. And, and it's it's reminded me of a lot of these teachings um, that I might have ignored in my youth, but it, it brought it all back to me. And it's about praising God in the middle of a storm, in the middle of pain, but maybe not getting to that point where you hit rock bottom, but ignoring it and deciding to do the opposite of what you feel, and that is to praise God. Jeez. And it might not be fully emotional. You might not break down and go, God, okay, you know, you know, like we right. would usually do. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it's one of the strongest weapons that we have is worship. Yeah. Uh, whether you feel it or you don't, it's 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 verbally telling God, you know, you're powerful. You have strength. You know, no matter what you're going through, and God listens to that. God hears that offering, that sacrifice, and that's when the supernatural happens. Yeah. So that right there, man, opened up a whole window in my mind, and I, I was just blown away by the whole man, situation. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that, man, because that's in that moment, uh, in that moment of mm -hmm. excruciating pain, 
having an attitude like that, that that's that attitude that Job had where he said, you know, even, even though he slay me, you know, that he was still going to live for him. He was still going to be dedicated. He was still going to be, you know, because of everything that he lost wasn't, wasn't depending on, on the, the, the passive things, but truly being connected to God. And you, the friend that you talk about that having that attitude, I, I would, I would share that as like wisdom in worship or that is the wisdom in worship yeah. or, or the wisdom behind worship, just simply because you have the power and the ability to change your attitude about it. He could have sitting there been complaining, man, why is this happening to me? Why is this, sure. everything? you know what I mean? Why, why now, you know, like he could have been totally yeah. negative about it, but the simple fact that he, and I'm sure that wasn't easy to do, but there's wisdom behind that because he, he changed his perspective on it, he changed his attitude, and I'm sure that gave him strength and God was pushing him along through that. You know, and Sergio, you yeah. mentioned that you were more inclined to to the scriptures and Bible, and the Bible does say to worship in spirit and to worship in truth. And whenever we do that, that's the moment where we open up our heart, we're transparent. And I think that's where we truly surrender before God. You open up your heart. And, and there's really no judgment in what we say, but you're, you're worshiping in spirit from the heart and in truth, not, not just on the exterior. Um, it can be done in private in public, but in spirit and in truth, what does that mean for us? What does that look like? I mean, from what you just described, um, I'm going to just give you some personal input, you know, my yeah. perspective. Yeah. You know, when it comes to worship, well, I think you guys know me best. I can be like a really shy person. I can be, you know, hiding in the back, really not trying to draw any attention. Um, and when it comes to worship, um, I guess I can be the same way. I always want to keep my life private. Um, and there's something very intimate about doing it, at least for me, you know, yeah. maybe it comes with being confident, but with me, it's a, it's a very intimate thing. Um, like you said earlier, I think you're really exposing like your heart, your vulnerability. Yeah. Um, you're just being as genuine as you can with God. Uh, sure. You're sharing either your, you know, your hardships or your, I don't know, discomfort, whatever it is that, or me personally, whatever it is I'm going through, I feel like it's almost like laying it down or presenting it to God. And, Right. For that reason, I feel like it, it, it can be a really intimate thing for me. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm kind of just like exposing everything that's in my heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being in an everyday conversation, not everyone does that. You don't just open up your heart and put it on table and let people see what's going on yeah. um, inside of you. And, you know, and that's kind of the approach that I have when it comes with God. You know, it's like I'm trying to be as I'm not even trying to be as honest as possible. I'm just like just being in front of him. Yeah. Like this is who I am. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. Um. And I, I can't tell you that that's the definition of worshiping in spirit and in truth, but that's just kind of, kind of how it feels like for me. No, but the you way know, that you being, the way that you expressed it and just being exposed that that's complete repentance. That's complete surrender, and just simply having your heart open. That's one thing that God is not going to turn away, right? Right, right, yeah. Exactly. So I, I love how you put that. And, and Ray, when it comes to worship, the worship team in itself, it has a lot to do 
with the with the way that worship is presented to the church because you and I have were playing together for quite a long time in the church and I remember that I think some of the coolest moments were where we had to improvise and it's something that maybe we didn't rehearse or we didn't expect and then just we had to extend something or we had to, you know, throw something in that we didn't expect. And the chemistry that we had, you could just kind of look over your shoulder and I would be on the drums and you're playing the keys, right? You look over your shoulder and just kind of give me like a little, like a, like a head nod or just kind of like, you know, yeah. you know, like a, just, you would give me a signal and I knew, I knew exactly what you wanted to do and we'd, we'd go into it. And that was some of the coolest moments. And I always remembered that we had that chemistry and it, it's almost as if I could hear what you were you're trying to tell me just by a simple head nod or, or like an eye gesture and that chemistry that yeah. we had you know chemistry and worship teams and on the platform with every individual and connecting that how important is that in our worship teams oh it's extremely important and like you know and you mentioned you know us worshiping together it's almost like we we all went when we had an up you know we we're in the upside of it we were all together and then, you know, we were all kind of in the same mindset. And then when the emotion went down or the mood went down, it's like, we all went through this roller coaster together. You know, we have our good days, our bad days or our bad seasons, good seasons. And, and the music team needs to be connected. And, and that, and that is a great example of it. You know, when, when a music team, when one person is down, the, the team can feel it and yeah. the whole team will kind of go in that direction in a way. That's why we got to pick each other up. So, so having communion between each member and, and really build relationship between each member and not just saying, Hey, that's the drummer or that's the pianist or that's the singer, but actually being one in the same body, you know, just like the church is how the Bible mentions. It makes an extreme. That's that's such an extremely important thing, you know. So yeah. if you don't have that, there's disconnection, and you just won't have. You won't be in tune with the spirit like you want to be. And yeah, that's that's where you bring that up because I do remember having those amazing moments in worship and improvising, and just th- those were the best moments because it wasn't coordinated, it wasn't rehearsed, and we just gave God what we felt at that moment, you know, gave, gave God our best of what we knew. And, and it's funny that today there's actually a term for it. And it's spontaneous worship. Yeah. You know, now, now it seems to have this, you know, fancy, I, I call it, a, you know, fancy terminology, but, but in reality, man, it's just, it's just giving God what, what's there in your heart and, and expressing that to him at that moment. Yeah. That's good. When, um, when you're talking about teams, uh, one of the biggest things that I believe that the enemy tries to break apart is our worship teams. I feel that a lot of criticism is probably pushed towards our worship leaders or worship team, um, to break apart that community and that closeness and that relationship and that chemistry, because I'll tell you what, if, if two people on the platform are not on the same page and there's some tension mm-hmm. there, you can feel it from whatever pew you're at or from whatever row you're in. You can be in the back row. Definitely. And if you're watching and everybody's seeing the worship team, you can feel it and you know it. 
And that's one of the things that I, I want to get both of your opinions on, you know, toxic teams, you know, there's things that can cause a lot of turmoil in our teams and cause our teams to be toxic. One of those, or just to name a few, is ego, pride, narcissism, you know, the, that whole thing of like pointing fingers, well, you know, well, yeah. she did, or he did, or he didn't, and, you know, all that pointing fingers, you know, ego and pride and all of those things, that makes your team so toxic. And whenever you go up to play, I mean, you're trying to bring other people to worship God, or you're trying to inspire others to worship God. But if your team is, is toxic and you're dealing with those types of things, how can we improve that? How can, how can we present our best worship to God, much less bring in other people or lead the rest, the rest of the congregation into worship if, if our teams are toxic? Yeah, it starts with, you know, awareness of, of having that. So it, it took me years to get to that point. You know, That's good. when I first started off, I, and I still deal with this, you know, it's an ongoing battle. I can have ego. I can have pride. I mean, what musician doesn't, <laughs> but you know, I, I've gone through those stints where maybe my ego was overinflated and I wanted things done certain ways. And, yeah. and there was input, input coming in from, you know, the other members and I would just dismiss it. No, that's not what we're going to do. This mm-hmm. is what we need to, we need to do. And that goes back to what we we're saying. If you're not connected, if you're not on the same page with, with the members, the team, you're not going to get a result, the results you're looking for. You know, the, the yeah. spirit of God can't fall, you know, where, where those kind of situations blow you. And so it starts with awareness and, and it's hard because like I said, I dealt with it for years and I didn't even know it took really bad situations to happen within teams, teams to break up for me to realize, wow, I should have done things differently, you know, and, and things I could have had different results. Maybe the team could still be together today. Um, and, and, I'm going back to the days where I, we had a band. I don't know if you remember this, Jay. Of course. Um, it was a rock band slash worship band. It changed names, but um, <laughs> it started off from good intentions, you know, just group of friends right, coming together, want to create music. Yeah. Uh, but then it, it turned into pretty much myself wanting, wanting something that, that I wanted, not what the team wanted, but, I wanted to create an album. I wanted to, for, for our image to look a certain way. And I pushed the team very hard and, yep. and they followed for most, for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end it didn't work out. And so there's, there's a lot of things in there that I regret how I handled it. Um, we, we had our, our good, great moments. Um, but at the same time, I think that's, that's the main thing from it that I learned is, yep is leaving away my ego, leaving away the pride, taking all that away and, and focus again on what the reason is. And that's, that's God worshiping God. And we had lost that along the way. Yeah. And so the most essential thing for a worship team is to continue to remember, why are we doing this? Right. This is not for me. This is not for you. This, this is as a team to worship God. I think that's, that has to be your number one, yeah. You know, thing. 
You know, Sergio, you might you might even agree with me when if I say, you know, when it comes to like narcissism and the pride, the moment that you make it about you and it's about yourself, it's 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 taking away the purpose of the worship that should be for God. And when we try to control it and we try to control, you know, and and, and take away from the worship that we're trying to give to God and we and we take some of that for ourselves, doesn't that take away from from the power of the worship that I was listening to Ray talking about, you know, his experience um, and what he's gone through. And then, you know, started meditating on, you know, how I went through my, well, when I, when I was in our little church, you know, just kind of putting my part playing and singing. Um, and I do want to emphasize, like I told you guys, you know, um, there came a point in my life when I started reading scripture. Um, and one of the things that I did was I kind of drifted away from the worship. so. Just, I mean, I, I can say right now, for some reason, I was really hungry for the scripture. But I think as people of faith, you know, sometimes we understand, you know, that's a craving that you get when you're walking in this life. And you want to know more about God. So, um, you know, having, having had that craving, you know, I, I went through scriptures and, you know, I got somewhat of an understanding of how I should behave. Um, and I think... Um, I think it really helped me, you know? Um, yeah. So now when, I, when I'm in, like, in group scenarios, I understand, you know, it's not really about being, I'm fully aware that it's not about being, you know, the center of attention. Um, and at the same time, you know, I'm I'm kind of, a, I kind of find it easy just kind of, like, not wanting to have the attention and kind of just shying away from everything, you know, just, I like me personally. I, I want to be a part of the whatever's going on, but I, I don't want to be, you know, the center of attention. Um, and yeah, like if, if, if like I guess if that's like a quality that's sticking out, you know, then I suppose people could focus just on that. You know, that's yeah. if it's bleeding out of your personality, you know, you're definitely gonna, you know, gather people's attention. You know, mm. but you're drawing away from what they should be focusing on. Ray, kind of going back to to what you were you were saying about the controlling the the team environment and controlling the the group, you know, control is one of those things that sets the lid on the team. And one of my favorite quotes that Craig Rochelle shares is that you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. So you you got to forfeit one of them but you can't have yeah. both. And when it, when it comes to control, it, 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 it really puts the lid or it sets a very, very low ceiling to the team, regardless of what kind of team it may be. It could be in your secular job. It can be in the worship team. It can be in any team environment. You try to control and you're going to forfeit growth. And one of the things that John Maxwell shares in the book uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he shares what he calls the law of the lid. So check this out. He says, the mm-hmm. lower an individual's ability to lead, the lower the lid of the potential, of his potential. The higher the individual's ability to lead, the higher the lid on his potential. So when wow. we, we try to control, we forfeit growth, and we set that, that, that lid really, really low. And it doesn't give us room to grow and it doesn't give the room, the rooms to the teams to grow. 
Would you agree with that? I wish you would have told me that a couple years back. I wish I knew that then. I wish <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of it. We learn and we grow, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right, man. And that's exactly it. Uh, trying to control the situation. I know it, you mean well, you know, I meant well. Right. And I, I, I did want the best, but you, you definitely put a lid. That's a, a great way to put it. You put a lid on the potential. On, on the members of the team, um, just just being zoned in on on one goal, you know, and it being driven by pride or ego, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, definitely, you you gotta let your team uh, fly. You know, you got you gotta let them give you ideas and experience it yeah. and, and find out for themselves, Hey, this works, this doesn't work. That's, that's, that's how good. you get growth. That's the, that's the only way you're going to get growth. Yeah. And so, um, that, that also applies to, to the real world, you know, the, the working world. And definitely, you know, right now as a supervisor, and I've only been a supervisor for about eight, eight months. So yeah. I'm fairly new in, in managing, you know, other people. and from the experiences that I learned from a music team, yeah, I've brought over into into my career. That's good, and it's been a lot. It's it's been a lot easier to to manage a team and allowing allowing these guys to 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 give me ideas and 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 me say, yeah, you know what, try that. That's that's a great idea. Try it. If it doesn't work, we'll we'll go option B, option C, and the growth has just been way different it's 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 been growth it hasn't been yeah you know closed off and it's been an open door kind of thing and i i it's just i see what i do now and i'm like i wish i could go back and i wish i could change that but but that's okay it served as a learning experience and yeah you know and we can take that you know going forward and that's the beauty of it we learn and we grow and you, and you have another opportunity, you have another shot, and now you're ready. You're ready to seize that moment and that opportunity. And um, Sergio, when kind of focusing on around this this team idea and the and, and improving our leadership and in teams and and working together like that in that environment, you know that's that's something that has stuck with me for so long uh, on how to improve that. Uh, in my secular job, I was a team lead for for some time. And just because I had the character for it or maybe the knowledge on the job doesn't necessarily mean that that made me a good leader. And to be honest, that's one of the ways that I was inspired to learn more and to improve and to grow in leadership um, and, and to improve team building. A lot of the things, just like what, what Ray said, we could take it, that, that same elements and the same keys that were that were learned in the church we can apply them into our secular job into our daily living and we see them be powerful there as well you know and being in that team environment i learned so much and i learned how to improve and and by failing and by learning and analyzing and going back to the drawing board you know one of the things that you mentioned ray uh and, and sergio feel free to chime in um rory, rory vaden is an author that i really really like and he talks a lot about maximizing your time and extending your time but one of the things that he says is that you have to be okay with imperfection and that's one of the things where you let go if you're over a team or you're part of a team you don't necessarily have to control but you have to be okay with imperfection 
you don't have to diminish or lower the expectation of excellence, but you can be okay with imperfection. And what does that look like? So the way that you allow someone to execute one of their ideas, your idea could probably be better just because of your experience or whatever the reason may be behind it. You have probably a better idea, but when you open the door to execute their idea, the learning and the impact and the value that they're going to get out of that experience is unprecedented and compares to nothing else. Just simply because the way that they execute it, you could probably, probably because of experience and knowledge and practice, you probably would be able to do it just a little better. But that's not the point. When you care about the person, you care about their future, their development, and you begin to allow them to be hands-on and you're okay with the imperfection you don't it doesn't have to be perfect but you see growth in that person that has so much to do with the 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 character and the leadership and building that team member and i think that's huge yeah jay one thing one thing that popped popped into my head right now it's the you know when you're leading a team it being a music team and or you know in your secular job i i think one thing that i've kind i always tell myself it's about the experience sure i'm in a position of leadership and and, you know i'm going to make a lot of decisions that is going to you know either move the team this way or move the team that way but it's about the experiences uh that you have with with each individual you know when when you're when you're playing the guitar you know those little moments like you said earlier jay when we would be worshiping and it's like you know now uh, in hindsight of course you look back and you're like I wish I could have really cherished that moment. You know, that, that was such a big moment. Yeah. Sure. We created this and this later down the road, but when you think back, you think back to those moments more than you do. Okay. Hey, we, we created an album or yeah. we did this. You know what I mean? And yeah, definitely. And, and, and now, you know, every time I have those little moments with, with a coworker or with a friend, you know, I, I soak it in, I take it in and I, mm. and I really try to get personal and present. And you know what, as a leader, that's made such a difference uh, for the people, you know, on the other side, you know, the people listening and so good. people under you, you know, on your team, it's man, yep. it's made a dramatic difference. And, and that has allowed them to, to, to have a better relationship with you and grow and give you ideas, be open. Yeah. It's, it's made Absolutely. a complete difference. Absolutely. You know, we, we touched a little bit about some of the things that affect the teams and some of the things that will cause toxicity in the teams. But mm-hmm. when we talk about building the teams, that's what we're about, right? We want to build people up. We want to create that community. We want to create that, that fellowship, that camaraderie, you know, and that, that only comes by serving each other, by listening to each other, by valuing one another. And being available, and, and this is two things that I think are huge, and you can tell me your thoughts on it, uh, Ray and Sergio, being available and willing to sacrifice yourself. And that can come in so many different forms and so many different ways. It can come through your time, through your attention. It can come to just simply stopping to listen to one or to someone, being available and being willing. I want to hear Sergio's response to this because sure. one thing I admire admire about him is how he just 
makes the time. You know, he it's it's hard to explain because he's very unique in what he does. I, yeah. I haven't met very many people uh, like Sergio. Um, so, but he takes the time to be present with the people he's around with. Yeah. And if he can take advantage of a situation to do that, he will. And he'll put himself second, third, you know, he, he'll drop whatever he has to do to to see himself in that situation and make that impact. Yeah. Sergio, what are your thoughts of being available and being willing to build a team? So, I mean, I appreciate what you just said, right? Um, once again, like I said, it's just my personal opinion on I guess I live like really slow, which is probably, it helps me, you know, the way I navigate with people. Uh, even when I work, you know, I, I take my time when I do certain things, just, you know, um, especially when it comes to people, I really, 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 really like sitting back and listening. Um, I think it's really important, you know, because uh, I got to hear, you know, if I'm spending time with you, um, most importantly, I, I want to know what's going on with you. Um, and oftentimes, you know, that takes time. I mean, that, that I have to kind of, yeah. You realize that's unique, right? It's, it's not every day you have somebody that wants to really get to know you and listen, you know? So that, that's, that's something I admire from you and something I try to, to do in my, you know, my everyday Loving. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I figured that was just kind of like part of the, my, my personality. But I mean, in all honesty, it really does help because you you get to understand where a person is 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 at, you know. Um, and oftentimes, you know, I do a lot of listening, and most times I kind of keep it minimal with like sharing what I have to say because. First, I want to know where people are at, you know, because I can, you know, I can disperse a whole lot of information that may not be, you know, effective, you know. You know, I can drop a whole lot of knowledge, maybe, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But um, if it's if it's not going to meet the person where they're at, you know, it's kind of like pointless. So for that reason, you know, I like to just sit back and listen, <laughs> do a whole lot of listening. And then I don't always speak on everything. But if I if, if I've experienced something in life and I feel like okay well maybe this this person can benefit from this, you know then I'll share something. Um, but um, sorry, I may have gotten a little sidetracked. Remind me again. No, look, <laughs> so, I, I love that. I love that. Just you listening and taking the time to to be present in that moment and listen to people when they have an opinion and they have something to say. Check, check out this this quote by Ed Cunningham. It says, friends are those rare people who ask how we are, and then they wait to hear the answer. Mm. That's good. Like just being in the present and being, that that's who you are, and that's what you remind us of. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I guess that's, that's what I mean by living like really slow, because I mean, I'm also not a big fan of like small talk, just because like you can easily, you know, just diminish the conversation really you know, really quick just by saying, oh, I'm good, you know, and then just move on to the next thing. I'm more of a, or even like with texting, you know, I don't really like replying until I have the time to sit down and know that I have the time to respond. You know, it's just, I guess it's one of those. And that's, that's okay. That's how we're going about life. And that's okay yeah. because th to someone else that may seem 
you know, that may come off some kind of way, like, hey, he didn't respond or or maybe he's taking he's taking some time to to get back to me. But that shows a lot about your character and who you are because you have your priorities in line. And one of the things that probably will guilt a lot of people, a lot of us, I know myself, it happens. You allow others to sabotage your time. And by mismanaging that, then your your priorities are out of line. And then you lose focus mm-hmm. and then you're not as effective and, and it can cause a lot of, uh, a lot of confusion, right. In different ways, but you being present in that moment and listening, that means a lot to us. Yeah. And you pointed out something really important. People, I guess people can get offended, you know, because you may not be replying on the spot, but that's really, you know, that's just how I go on about life. You know, I'm, I just want to wait till like actually sit down and listen and give you some feedback, you know? Yeah. 100% of your time. That's what you want. That's what yeah. you, you know, yes. Uh, in every, in everything that you do, you want to give a hundred percent of yourself to that moment, to, you know, that conversation, which, which is great. Um, right. Especially with, at the speed that we move here, you know, in, in, the, in our country, it's just a, Hey, I, you know, this quick words, you know, small mm-hmm. talk. Cause everyone's running you know, uh, hundred miles an hour. And so by you saying that you're, you know, you slow down and everything you do, you want to put everything, you know, all of yourself into it. That's huge. That's huge. Cause you don't hear that every day. You know, I, I don't, you're probably the only one I know that, that really takes it that serious. Um, you know, at, at least for me, I know I don't do that. I'll give you a quick text or a, a quick, Hey, you know, just because I guess at the moment I feel that's what I should do. Mm-hmm. But but in reality it, it doesn't like it doesn't build anything. It's not effective. So like you said, it's pointless. Yeah. Yeah, no, well I, I also don't wanna, you know, offend that. You know, that's that's a really kind gesture, you know, also when people just reach out to you like spontaneously. I mean, I really do appreciate stuff like that because that means someone stopped no thought and reached out to you. So that's, you know, that's a great thing to do. It's just sometimes when it comes to me, you know, when it comes to responding, I'm like, all right, I have a moment now. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to reach back. And it may be like at the end of the day, but at least I'll be able to form a complete thought and just respond. And then I might not reply to the next thing. But in some cases I have the time, you know, to actually go full on and invest the time. That's just me, you know? Yeah, that's good. And I think one of the things that, that you both are so good at is, and this is something that also builds teams and that's simply speaking life into others. I'm, I don't think I've ever heard one of you degrade someone or try to put someone down or uh, try to, you know, embarrass someone and you speak life into others. We've done it in a personal setting. We've done it. I've seen you do it to others and I've observed that. And that's something that's so genuine for both of you. Uh, just simply speaking life into others. You know, how can we encourage uh, other teams to to kind of buy into that and and to become part of that uh, speaking life into others to build our teams and our worship teams more specifically. Well, you got to have your main focus first. You know, it's it, your your main focus shouldn't be I'm going to build a team, the best sounding team. Um, yep. And you know we're going to sound like so and so or this and that because if, if that's your goal, you're gonna you're gonna disappoint yourself in the end. And at the same time, you're going to step all over, you know, the people around you. You're going to hurt a lot of people. 
And and even though it's great to to want to sound good to to give God the best, um, I, I don't think that's the way to approach it. And yep. so you got you got to come back, step back, and really acknowledge the people around you and build them up, like we spoke about earlier. Yeah, a little by little, get to know them, let them you know let them take their steps, and build that team you know, going forward instead of just, you know, forcing them to go in a direction, you know, that you want them to go to. Yeah. So just before I let you guys go, I want to get your last thoughts on this. And I think this is huge because we opened up with something that Sergio mentioned is not forgetting who we worship, right? Not forgetting who we worship. So before we go, I want to get your last thoughts on this. What are some words that you can encourage to youth groups? to worship teams, to other churches of not losing sight of the why we worship. You, you gotta, you gotta, um, not only focus on, on the worship side of it, but build a relationship with the team, but also bring God into that. So right. prayer, prayer is huge. Obviously we know that, but really making it, you know, a, a big part of your team. And, and it's praying together, you know, praying together. And that, that right there makes a whole world of a difference. It's work. You're worshiping together, but in a different sense, you're, you don't have uh, instruments in your hand, but you're just praying together, praying for each other, yep. you know, and, and speaking it so where everyone's there, you know, everyone can hear it. Everyone knows. And yeah, that, you got to have prayer. And I don't know if, if Sergio, if you have any, mm. anything else. Well, thinking about that question, um, I want to say, I mean, I mean, if, if you're a person of the faith, um, I think God kind of takes care of that himself. It's like, um, through your weaknesses and vulnerabilities, I think once you have placed your faith in him completely, um, when it comes to your weaknesses or just moments that are tough, he kind of reminds you, hey, you know, I've redeemed you. I'm your strength. I'm your spine. So it's like, it's not necessarily, I can't really motivate you to, to do it yourself. But once you have fully invested yourself in him, right? he's going to remind you, hey, mm-hmm. you're only standing up because you have placed your faith in him. Yeah. So he's going to remind you. I think he's going to encourage you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's that's those, those sometimes it's very specific moments in your life, and it's like you know it's just losing your whole complete confidence in yourself, um, but then you have the benefit of not standing alone because then you're you're strongly reminding you're strongly reminded, hey, you're only standing up because I have redeemed you, so let me yeah. help you get back up. <laughs> you know he gives you that reminder, I feel like yeah, it's good, man. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you both so much for sharing your time with me today and, and co-hosting with me. This has been very encouraging, very inspiring to me. And this has been of so much value for, for my personal life. And I love talking to you guys because you guys share so much wisdom and your experience. And we can go on for, for another couple hours, you know, and I think we're probably going to have to hook up again later on and, um, and, and put out another episode and hit a little more of some of these topics that I think you guys can really, really share on and th- thank you so much for for spending some time with me tonight 
A lot of good stuff, Jay. Thank you for having us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, man. Yeah, not a problem. We're going to do this again soon. And hey, for the ones listening, thank you so much for joining in. If you have not subscribed, I want to encourage you to go ahead and do so. You'll get a notification every time a new episode drops in. It would mean so much to us if you share it, if you find value, if you find this inspiring or helpful to you. It would mean so much if you rate, if you review, if you share all those good things. That would mean so much and it would really extend the life of the message, the life of the podcast. It's been an honor and pleasure to have you in, in this episode with us and accompanying us in doing this. And I want to encourage you also, don't forget, be expecting episode number seven with Pastor Daniel Espinosa. That was gold. That was spectacular. The way that he shared with me, I had the opportunity to talk to him in depth about community, community outreach, the community of the church and different facets of community and how that impacts not only the church from the inside, but it impacts the church on the exterior as being the body in action with hands-on, boots on the ground. And that was just, that was pure gold. That was very, very inspiring. And expect that in episode number seven. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being with us tonight. God bless. And we'll see you on the next one.